0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? good afternoon everybody and welcome to for the love of Paul McGrath podcast i am flying solo today as great sir paddy kelly is uh, off in his jollies for the weekend and you know what in fairness he deserves it for having to put up with me for the whole lot of the the season so far and uh got a fine weekend for it here in ireland um if anybody is listening in ireland um yeah, it's been a cracker of a day today. Uh, if anybody's watching this on YouTube, you might be able to see it because I'm a bit washed out. But uh, believe me, I'm a bit sunburnt on the face. But I'm not here to talk to you about the weather or about the escapades of Sir Patrick Kelly. Um, I am here to talk to you about some breaking news that has just happened and more or less just come across the airwaves uh, on today, the 5th of June. Um, and basically, it's that Emmy Buendia and a transfer bid has been accepted by norwich aston villa are in detailed talks and it seems that a medical has been done or is imminent you know with the player uh who is on duty with argentina at the moment sky sports it was initially um reported by uh i think it was david orenstein and uh fabio uh fabrizio romano has also uh weighed in to say that this is true and you know the reports are such that emmy buendia is on the verge of joining aston villa for 30 million from newly promoted Norwich city uh, he was named championship player of the season last season following the club's promotion back to the uh, to the premier league and the fee could rise to nearly 40 million with bonuses and add-ons as we know that would be a club record for aston villa and i must say for a 24 year old midfielder who has performed in the Premier League, and we will take a look at that in a moment. Previously, um, this to me looks like a good signing on the outset. Uh, It's somebody that I think the fans are definitely going to get on board, and we will talk about it in a moment. But for me, this solves a big issue, and it kind of puts to bed, uh, well potentially puts to bed a question that a lot of uh, people have been asking recently. Um, But Sky Sports have reported as well that the 24-year-old midfielder has completed a medical in Argentina with a proposed move also set to be a selling record for Norwich, who had rejected offers from Arsenal. It was thought among the media that um, Buendia was destined for uh, Mikel Arteta's uh, Arsenal side, but it looks like Dean Smith has gotten tricky and snuck in there and, uh, and signed him under the noses of Arsenal as well. Um, Uh, As I said, Buendia last year in the championship, he scored 15 goals and had 16 assists and he created more chances than any other player in the division, which is something I think that has sparked the interest of a lot of teams across the Premier League, but specifically Dean Smith, um, because obviously chance creation and having other areas of attack outside of Jack Grealish, as we know from watching Aston Villa last year, is going to be paramount for Aston Villa in 2021-2022 season as well. Um, Buentia is away at the moment, currently part of the Argentina squad and is preparing for the Copa America. Now, he missed out in his senior international debut, but it looks like he will make his debut over the course of these games. He missed out in this in the 1-1 draw with Chile on Friday, which we know that our other Emmy, Emmy Martinez made his debut in, and uh, any of the keen followers on Instagram or social media will see that the two Emmys they buddied up quite a lot over this trip, uh, especially um, you know sharing some pictures on uh, on social media, and it seems that the two boys are are pretty friendly as uh, you know prior to this as well. Looking back through old photos and and um, you know old articles uh you can see that when martinez was at arsenal and Dia was at norwich they were pretty uh, pretty close there as well swapping shirts on a number of occasions as well and it seems that they're not just uh, countrymen but they seem to be you know pretty close and 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 uh, and friendly with each other as well which is fantastic to see so agent emmy martinez doing his job down in uh, uh, on the Argentinian um, on the Argentinian international camp, something that I think a lot of fans of Aston Villa will say that we've been victim of ourselves before, whereby maybe players have gotten in the ear of certain villa players in the past and maybe tempted them to pastures new while they've been on international duty so maybe we're getting the rub of the green from that um from that ourselves uh buendia was initially signed by norwich from Hetafe, and it was just over a million pounds they spent so a superb job scouting a little known Emmy buendia from Hetafe, as i say in 2018 And for over £1 million, they've gotten a massive return on their investment there, not only with goals and assists, but also, obviously, with this now massively uh, inflated profit that they're going to get on their £1 million uh, investment. And since Buendia has been with Norwich, he scored 24 goals and provided 40 two assists in three years at Carroll Road. Granted that two of those years were in the championship, but just like, um, as I said, just like we had with Jack Grealish, Emi Emmy, Emmy Buendia drove them to the success that they had in the championship this year. So that is some fantastic news and great news to get in a Saturday afternoon that Emi Buendia looks like barring any, any late hitches, he is going to be an Aston Villa player sooner rather than later. So what does that mean for Aston Villa Football Club? So should he sign? And all this is should he sign because there ain't no ink dry on the on the page yet. And as the saying goes, I won't believe it till I see him on the field, on the pitch holding the shirt. I think any of the older Aston Villa fans that maybe uh, – Used to read Villa talk or heroes and villains would know that phrase quite well. That we don't believe until we see them outside. Bodymore heat holding up the shirt, and then it all becomes official once that happens. Um, you know we've been we've been bitten with transfers in the past. Think just of David Unsworth, I suppose, really, who signed for a day and then ended up being carted back to Everton because his wife didn't didn't agree with it. And um, you know James Milner was supposed to sign initially the first time prior to him signing, but. Everything was a done deal and then Newcastle scuppered the deal just at the 11th hour and brought him back and he was he was thought to have been in floods of tears on his way back. So we're not going to count our chickens before they hatch here, but everything is pointing in the direction that Emmy Wendia will sign for Aston Villa Football Club will break our transfer record and we'll make an awful lot of armchair scouts like myself. Very, very happy with the business that Aston Villa have done so. I suppose the biggest thing is what does Emmy Buendia bring to Aston Villa? What does he bring? What does his style of play contribute to? And what can Dean Smith expect to ask of him over the coming year, uh sh- over the coming years should he sign? So Buendia plays predominantly to the right and to the center of um plays predominantly to the right and to the center of uh of the field. So if we think about where Jack Grealish would normally play, uh, or where we would think that Jack Grealish would play. We would think that Jack Grealish is obviously he has played through the center previously, and he has, uh, but he predominantly plays to the left hand side of the field. And as you know, whenever we watch Aston Villa play, it's a case whereby they try and advance the ball to that left hand side of the field when Jack fields when Jack Grealish is there, and they try to make it as, um, I suppose, as As quick a transition as they possibly can, they try and make it to that side of the field. Well, let's just take a little look at how Emmy Buendia likes to line up um, on the field. So I'm just going to share a piece here for anybody that is watching this on. Uh, YouTube you will be able to see this now but I will be as descriptive as I possibly can for those of you who are watching um, or who are listening to the podcast so when we look at it if we look here I've got a little bit of a comparison between Jack Grealish's stats in 2019-20 and Emmy Buendia's stats in 2019-20 I'm trying to make an apples to apples argument here not argument comparison should I say uh, when both of them were in the Premier League and both of them were in struggling sides so where we look at is Buendia's heat map. I think that's very, very important. The Buendia heat map um, for this year that's just gone is uh, you can see that he usually played across the line, favouring massively favoring the right-hand side, uh, but mostly in the att- attacking third of the field. I don't think that's going to be news to absolutely anybody. But what is news to me is how far back that right-hand side, Emmy Buendia, was given license to Rome. And he gets right back into those channels where and, and chases, um, chases defend, uh, advancing right midfielders, overlapping right backs or left backs, to so say, uh, and and left midfielders. He seems to be given that license to be able to chase those guys back. And, and I think what we will see with Emmy Buendia is that he is quicker. Than fast, if that makes sense. So he's not a particular, particularly fast sprinter. So he doesn't have latent pace, but he's quick over short distances. And I think he's got a great engine on him to be able to move around. And when you look at his heat map, his heat map draws very much comparisons of a John McGinn of last season when we were struggling in the Premier League. You may remember I did a piece on John McGinn whereby I showed that his statistics show him that he favored the right-hand side and the center in a more attacking position, and that was John McGinn last year. Emi Buendia has very, very similar statistics uh, based on his heat heat map here, obviously in a more attacking position. I really like that. And when we look at Jack Grealish's heat map in this year just gone, granted that he was injured for 12 games just for the season just gone, uh, we can see that Jack Grealish hugs the left-hand side, stays to the left-hand side, doesn't come back as far, but does do his defensive duties and uh, predominantly occupies that left-hand side. Once again, it's no secret to anybody. But what we can see here is the contrast. When these two players play together, whether Bundia plays through the center, which I think he will, and potentially favor that right-hand side, but he would play through the center. Um, when he's there, it just shows that the I suppose that the outlets of attack that Dean Smith can look at and granted that we've got a right winger in Bertrand Traore who can do the sublime and the ridiculous. Everybody knows that. And um, when we look at this, the outlets of attack now have become much more varied They've become much quicker. They've become much trickier. They've become much less predictable, as in when Jack Grealish is here. We don't need to force the ball out to Jack. We don't need to force it out to him. We've got another outlet that will sit in that pocket. The lovely thing I like about Emmy Buendia is that while he is a right attacking midfielder or a central attacking midfielder, is he plays with Norwich, he played in a 4 2 3 1 already. So this isn't any of this stuff ain't going to be alien to him. He moves well into that, quote unquote, half space that we hear people talk about, which is kind of neither the, the right hand seat, neither the center 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 of the pitch, neither the full attacking midfielder position, neither the central midfielder position. So we've often heard me talk about a 6, 8 and 10. This like Emmy everybody plays kind of in between those traditional lines that we would see. If he were to come to Aston Villa, I would suggest that he would play in the number 10 position, which puts to bed the age-old question that we've talked about so much, uh, I suppose, really, for this coming season is, does Jack Grealish move into the 10, or does he play on the on the left-hand side? I think, should Emi Buendia come in here, that he would play in that 10, a creative midfield position that uh, Ross Barkley occupied this year. Jack Grealish will stay to the left. And Bertrand Truro would play to the right. We could see Morgan Sanson come in there on the right. That was his position at Marseille prior to moving to Aston Villa. We could see change-up. We could see Emmy Buendia move to the right-hand side to play that right-hand touchline wing player like he did play a lot for Norwich last year and in the Premier League. We could see Jack move into the centre. We could see El Golzi play on the left-hand side. There's a lot of interchangeability. There's a lot of horses for courses. There's a lot of tweaking that can be done with the positional makeup. Uh, based on what Emi Buendia has shown in the past, there's a lot that we can do as a football team to ac- not just accommodate him, but so to allow him to make us flourish and the players around him flourish as well. He picks up... I, I've watched four games of him. I watched four games of Emi Buendia. Granted, I forwarded through to when he got the ball because I wanted to see his movement. wanted to see where he was picking up the ball in positions. I watched the game against Huddersfield where they demolished Huddersfield last year in the championship. I watched the game against Stoke to see how he did against a more agricultural team, if you want to call it for, that, for, for want of a better phrase. I watched the game of, of his against Swansea play against a team that get the ball down and play that were in the playoffs, a top team in the championship. And I watched the, the game against Brentford as well. Brentford, obviously a top team in the championship and a team that likes to get it down, play it almost at a quote unquote Premier League level, the technicality of how they play. And I thought it was really, really interesting to see the positions that Buendia picked up. His heat map here would allow you to believe that these are the, like the, his heat map here. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. And these are actually the players he picks up or the, the positions he picks up when you watch him on the field. Emi Buendia is more varied in his positions. It feels like he's more varied on the field and when you're watching it in game. And for me, that's fantastic because what that does is the actuality, like your eyes can trick you. This is why I love when I'm watching players, that I watch them on uh, on tape, watch them on video, watch games on TV. Brilliant vantage point. It's superb. But your eyes can trick you. And that's why we're human. And that's why sometimes statistics can trick you too into believing one thing and your eyes can trick you into other things. But the great thing about this is that decisions are made on the touchline by opposing managers. So what I mean by this is that while Emmy Buendia uh, got around the field against these big teams he was doing it in a way for a boy. it was short sh- short sharp bursts moving between players one twos moving past moves past the striker of Timo Pukki and I think Timo Puki is very important to talk about in this in, in this tactical analysis of Windia as well because Puki is a workhorse of, of a striker up there he loves to get in there and get in the end of passes he loves to link link up play as well not too dissimilar to how we wanted Watkins to play this year. But Buendia got past him a good bit as well. He got past him to take flick-ons, to take passes from him, to get into the box. He wasn't shy in getting into the box. Um, the positions that I say that he picks up is, he picks up an awful lot of those positions whereby he likes to drag that central defensive midfielder out of position. I'm going to call it the position for familiarity, we're going to call it the Kante slash Fernandinho position. Drag that guy around the place. He likes to do that. Dean Smith loves an attacking midfielder that does this. Absolutely loves one. At the start of the season, when Ross Barkley was firing on all cylinders, he stood on Fabinho in the Liverpool game. And he pl- pushed for being your back into that into that uh, to that backline, which was great. It was great for Liverpool, and Liverpool were comfortable with Aston Villa doing this and Ross Barkley doing this. I mentioned at the time that Ross Barkley's heat map was right up beside Ali Watkins. That's where Buendia's heat map is. It looks to be based on last last year's performance up beside Timo Puki. That's why uh, it's very important. It's why it's a great apples for apples comparison to see how the, how how. And have played with Pukki and how we play with uh, Ollie Watkins. Now, obviously, Watkins is more mobile, gets around the place and does more things than Pukki. But Pukki is a guaranteed goal scorer. He's just done it in English football. And Buendia can play with one of those guys up there. And I think Watkins can up his goal tally based on Buendia being in the team, the creativity he brings, and the fact that he can run past Watkins as well, thus taking players with him. But going back to that Liverpool game when Ross Barkley played in that central position. Ross Barkley stood on Fabinho pushed him back into the back into into the back four creating a almost creating a back three whatever whatever you want to call it Um Liverpool were happy with that they were okay with that but why, why that that really made here uh, for Aston Villa was Jack Grealish cutting in from the left hand side had uh, had this zone this this square zone in front of that he could manipulate the play inwards in field if needed, so he wasn't gar- he wasn't just a guarantee for him to go down the line. Also, what it did was when Barkley pushed right up, and um, that when Barkley withdrew, Fabinho also withdrew too far. Because what happened was while Barkley was staying there, it gave the false sense that you know, okay, I'm it's going to be easy to mark this guy. And when Barkley moved back, there were obviously a couple of goals down. It dragged. For for you out of that position, and we can see that then afterwards that Villa played the ball to the left hand side to Jack Grealish, and that's that's how Jack Grealish got in for I think it was the last goal uh, that we scored. So Buendia can do that, except he can do it um, at a faster pace and a trickier pace, I suppose is how I'm going to describe it. Than Ross Barkley, one of one of my biggest. Pet peeves about Ross Barkley was that when he received the ball with his back to goal, I was never 100% sure that he would even even retain possession, never mind do anything with the ball. Emmy Buendia will do something with the ball due to his creativity, his trickiness, plays great one twos, and he's got great close control. He's not, I thought that Ross Barkley over the course of the season became cumbersome. Whereas Emi Bundia doesn't have that. He's fleet of foot. He really, really is. He's very aware of where he is in the field, Emi Buendia. Um, and he, he's not the great thing I loved about watching him in these games was that he's not tied to progressive like dribbling the ball for the sake of dribbling the ball. Okay, and I think that's quite important because in 2019 2020. Buendia progressed like he had a carrying distance so he dribbled the ball 3,956 meters okay which is pretty good Jack Grealish at the same time carried the ball 5,748 meters so you know Jack Grealish um, is obviously carries the ball more but Buendia doesn't carry it as far, but he can still carry it out of danger, if that makes sense, or carry it towards the goals. So he's not a long-busting dribbler with the ball, which I think is absolutely fine. I don't think Aston Villa need one of those in within the center of the field. Because I think Buendia's biggest plus point is that when he gets that ball, for, or gets that ball in the middle of the field, we don't need to go wide straight away. As one of Aston Villa's weakest points this year was creating goal chances with direct balls through the middle. True balls. We didn't create an awful lot of passes with true balls. Emi Buendia uh, uh, last year played 3.07 through 07 balls per 90 minutes, by far the, the, the most in, in, in the championship from, from what I've seen. This is another string to our bow. Teams were able to regroup, move players out wide. We saw West Ham do it, play two right backs on Jack Grealish to stop us going wide with the ball. Now, with Buendia and the team, we have that potential outlet to go centrally down the middle of the field. We know how Watkins likes to play on the shoulders of 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 strikers. He's able to get in behind strikers, and Buendia can pick those passes. All you got to do is, if you're looking at any, as any um at, at any games that Buendia has played, look at look at the game against Stoke. I've made a note here that he against Stoke, Buendia comes deep, picks the ball up on the on the um in the middle of the field. He's in and around the centre circle, and he just turns. And what he looks up, he sees a higher line because obviously teams have pushed up, have pushed up slightly. Because if you think about it, when teams play against Aston Villa, they will push up because they're expecting us to push the ball out to the left. Buendia looks up, dinks a ball in over that high line. Timo Puki gets around there and scores. Imagine Ali Watkins on the other end of that, getting around defenders, bearing down on goal like he did against Sheffield United, against that back three against Sheffield United in the first game of the season last year. Buendia does that. He did it a second time against Huddersfield. In the Huddersfield game, he does it a second time there. But the ball is a straight, direct ball over the top. It's not an angle-wrecked right, ball away from goals. So what Aston Villa need is, uh, and it's going to be very pivotal, is that straight, direct ball that could get the striker in on goals centrally as opposed to wide at an angle. And as we know, when Ollie Watkins needs to take the ball wide, he's less likely to score. You know, Ollie Watkins is... Fantastic striker and is going to grow into the role. The more we can give him opportunities centrally, the better he's going to be for the team. Um, I would advise anybody to watch the game where they demolished Huddersfield. They demolish Huddersfield. Sorry, they don't demolish Huddersfield. Emmy Buendia demolishes Huddersfield. Huddersfield, obviously a team who came down from the premiership. He absolutely goes to task on them. He is fan in that game and over the course of the season and in the games that I watched watched six of his assists came from direct passes through the middle six assists came from direct passes through the middle at six of 16 assists Uh, and they're just the games that I watched so what he does in that instance is going to be very very pivotal to Aston Villa Um, his his assist against I, I watched a compilation of his assists and of his goals as well. His assist against Sheffield Wednesday uh, for Todd Cantwell. No Cantwell absolutely scores a screamer, but watch his assist against Sheffield Wednesday. He wins possession. So he runs, he he's, Retreating, wins possession back by tackling, gets up off the ground, carries the ball forward slightly, and this is what you'll see with regards to. He's not a long busting dribbler. He trusts his through ball. He trusts his way to pass, and he plays a lovely pass into Todd Cantwell, who just absolutely sticks it. It was an absolute beautiful goal. I think everyone will have seen it. It was an absolute wonderful goal, but it's really, really worth watching it. Um, watching that back as well because it's uh, it just shows the type of player. And I know we've to adjust for strength of the strength of opposition as well. But Buendia has done this. He did this in the Premier League, and he's done this in the championship over the course of two seasons. So he's not, this isn't like when we're looking at somebody coming directly from the French League or coming directly from the Portuguese League or anything like that. He's done this under the pressure and the duress of, of quote unquote, British style football. Okay. Which is very, very important, I think, for me. Now let's look at some of his goals. Um, one of the things that kind of kind of struck me about uh, Emi Buendia is this: um, his goal, like he only scored one goal in the Premier League, and that's fine. I'm not going to to talk about it about that goal because let's be honest with you, it was in a failing team. But his goals last season, I looked at a couple of goals. Five of his goals were from outside the box, which I thought was very very uh, interesting. But when I watch the game against Huddersfield specifically, um, he carries the ball forward. When you watch this goal, he carries the ball forward, comes cuts in from the right-hand side, and unleashes a shot into the back of the net. He doesn't, like, he scores from outside the box, but they're low, they're calculated shots. They're, they, he aims for the corners, and he gets that requisite amount of power. He doesn't score thunderbolts, which is grand. You don't need those. He scores precision. Confident shots, and I really, really love this. Um, these shots from 25 yards, you know, they get right in the corner away from goalkeepers, and you, you can watch those goals as well, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, he scored one against, I think, he, he got one as well, very similar against Preston, I think, as well. Um, when I was looking at it, which was which is great to see. Uh, he, his goal against Brentford was one that. I'm trying to think he got a goal against Brentford. He picks it right up on the right hand side. I think he's out very wide against Brentford. I think he's out what I'm going to call the Jack Grealish position, except on the opposite side of the field. And he cuts in along again across the body of players and shoots through the body of players back against the 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 um the direction that he's coming from. And wrong foot's the goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper in David Gaia. Um, so it's, it it was a very, very good goal, but that's kind of the sample set that I looked at. He's shooting from outside the box is good. And one thing that we kind of did have from Ross Barkley is Ross Barkley's goal against Leicester and what he'd like to do. And Dean Smith liked to get him to do was to pick that ball up centrally in the middle of the goals and have a crack from there. Buendia does it, but he scores goals. And he seems more confident in it. So potentially if we were to lose one thing from not having Ross Barkley in the team, it would be that that Ross Barkley was a, an accomplished shooter. Yes, he didn't score a lot of goals from there, but he was willing to take on the shots and he would, you know, work goalkeepers. He hit the he hit the, the post with an absolute belter against Everton in the first game, you know. So what we lose from that and Ross Barkley, which look, granted it isn't a whole lot, Emmy Bundia has that in his arsenal as well. Which is great to see, um, but I would love to love you guys to watch the, the Huddersfield game because he bosses it from start to finish, and he's absolutely fantastic in this. And um, he loves a good deflection, as you know. For parts of the season last year, we were we were deflection FC uh, with the amount of goals we scored, and he loves a deflection, so that's going to fit right in with our tactics as well. But. I think the big piece for for uh, for Emi Buendia is that he's going to play more centrally and uh, he is going to be able to do the Jack Realish role, except on the opposite side of the field, i.e. be an outlet to pick up the ball, create a good passing outlet um, from the central center of the field. He's not going to be long-busting, beat six, seven players, but uh, he will be a very, very um, offensive threat, either coming through the centrally or coming from the right-hand side of the field, should we ever need to go with potentially, you know, five across midfield and one up front. He's he's he, he's um he's accomplished in his defensive duties. He's Not brilliant at them obviously because he's only a very slight guy, but he's accomplished I'm going to say in those duties. Looking at his pass completion and I've spelled completion incorrectly, but looking at his pass completion there um and looking at that with Jack Grealish. This isn't 2019-2020. Uh Jack Grealish came in at 58.6% pass completion for long passes. Buendia came in at 51.9%. mid range Buendia came in at 80.5%, which is not bad for for uh, mid-range passes. Jack came in at 867 And then short-range passes, which is which we would be expecting Buendia will be that uh, that uh, kind of player to, to unlock defenses further up the field. So short passes, one twos, and so on. 86.1% to Jack Rish is 876 which is fantastic to see. So I think all in all, on the the plus side, Buendia is absolutely what Dean Smith will be looking for. He's going to replace, he's going to be... Uh, A replacement, obviously, at that 10 position with the capability of playing on the right-hand side, should we need to. And he's going to be an upgrade on, tactically, for for what Dean Smith plays, he's going to be an upgrade on what Ross Barkley was. And I know people are going to be shouting at their screens or at their phones going, that wouldn't be hard. But let's not go all in on Ross Barkley. Let's look forward to the future and the potential of what potentially Emi Guindia can bring us. If I was to say there's one con, there's one negative on Emmy Buendia is when he gets into the box, he absolutely hogs that penalty spot. And I think he, I think either him or Watkins are going to need to change their thought process about their positioning within the box. Because as we know, Watkins likes to take up residence on that penalty area as well. When he gets into the box it is the slightest, absolute nitpickiest of negatives that I can find. And it may not even be a negative in the way that Dean Smith sets up. But as we know, Watkins does like to like to get that to that penalty area space. Maybe this puts Watkins in a more familiar position for him. Watkins, for Brentford, loved to be at the back post. He was born there for Brentford. He loves getting in around the goalkeeper as well. So maybe this pushes him slightly forward and maybe Buendia... Uh, houses that area at the at the center the center circle spot. But let's watch out for this. Buendia, Watkins are going to play very, very close together up front, I would imagine, based on what we saw with Ross Barkley last year. And I'm really, really looking forward to the interlinked play and to what these guys can do um can do together should the transfer come off. Because as we say, he hasn't been on the shirt hold uh, on the pitch holding the shirt. Just yet, and there has been nothing official. But I, for one, am excited. This is a great start to our transfer window. We are playing with the big boys, beating teams like Arsenal. Spending big boy money on on players is never a bad thing. And as I say, I think this is going to butter an awful lot of parsnips with an awful lot of supporters, and going to put us in a very positive light, making the first big purchase of the summer. So I hope the bloody thing comes to pass now, because otherwise I've just wasted the last 32 minutes and nine seconds of my life doing a a cross-reference on Emi Buendia. But thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, Thank you so much for everything you do for the podcast. We would really appreciate it if you could like and subscribe on YouTube. We will be doing some more things on YouTube over the course of the summer and um, continue to listen to the podcast we really really love you know you, it's not one over the other we would love for you to do both if you love us that much and um, we may have some bits of merchandise coming out later in the in, in the summer we'll see we're not too sure we've been approached by somebody who wants to do some merchandise for us and um, so i would you know if people are interested in it if you're watching on youtube i've got a sample prototype of uh, of a t-shirt on here at the moment but uh, more to come on that but everybody have a fantastic weekend here's fingers crossed and hoping that emmy buendia signs before we next talk to you hopefully when he does sign we'll have paddy back to come in and give his take on this i'm always delighted to hear what paddy has to say but everybody stay safe have a fantastic weekend And until we talk the next time, all that's left to say is up the villa.